The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hello there, everyone. Welcome back to another program here on Afternoons with Mike. Today, we're coming to you from the Christian Chamber Expo. The interviews that you're hearing today were actually recorded yesterday. That was the opening day of the Expo, and man, was it a fun time. We did find out later that we had just a little bit of line interference that you may be hearing, and we apologize for that. First up is Troy Miller. He is the president and CEO of the National Religious Broadcasters. All right, so excited to be with Troy Miller right now with the NRB. Had no idea you were going to be able to make the trip down yourself. Love the NRB. We go there every year and uh, just get to see so much in terms of what's going on in Christian radio. But the people that come there are just equally interesting to talk with. And I get to do tons of interviews. But this is my first time to do a sit down with you. And I'm just so glad you're here, sir. Well, Mike, thanks for having me. It's really good to be here. This is our first time at this event here in Orlando uh, at the Christian Chamber of Commerce. So we're, we're really excited to be here. It sounds like a great event and a lot of good people here. Yeah, and this is the second one. Last year was uh, dialed down considerably compared to what we are seeing happen here this week. But uh, a lot of people are coming in. There's a lot of uh, excitement about this event. And uh, your being here, for me personally, is in, adds to that excitement. So I'm really excited that you guys are booth mates to me here. Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, it's always good to be next to a uh, Christian broadcaster. I think we have one on each side of us, and that's kind of cool for NRB. And to be down here with a, with a member, you know, with your radio and uh, all that you guys do, especially all that's been going on in Florida these last uh, few, we- few weeks with the hurricane coming through. Uh, Christian broadcasters stayed on the air, gave yeah. people information. Um, and then now, of course, as you know, Christians are big in the uh, cleanup and the help and the recovery. Uh, so just a lot going on. It really is. And you would have your finger probably more so than any other person in the radio industry, in Christian radio, to what is going on and the changes. And that's something that, you know, on behalf of all of my colleagues in the business who are part of Teach Talk or music like our friends down at the Joy FM who are here. Uh, We so appreciate the efforts that are made behind the scenes because you are busy 24-7, 365 for this cause. So thank you for that. We are. For a lot of your listeners that don't know, the NRB uh, is a advocacy association of Christian communicators. We're uh, headquartered in Washington, D.C. That's where our main uh, office for advocacy is. And then we also have uh, offices in Nashville, Tennessee. And we work a lot, as you said, on the Hill for Christian communicators, broadcasters in particular, radio and television. Uh, We work with laws that are going through and being proposed at Congress. We work with regulations that are come up that, that are being changed or enforced or sometimes we get lucky and we work with uh, some folks and we get some regulations pulled back that are burdensome to to folks. And as you said, there's a lot of work going on uh, both on Capitol Hill and then a lot of work just going on in the culture in general for what's out there for broadcasters. A lot of hindrances to the gospel today. You know, one thing we hear a lot about and so far 
as uh, as far as what I can tell, we have not seen the uh, cancellations that so many have on social media. But that looms constantly as a threat to uh, not only the Christian voice, but conservatives as well. Those that would lean uh, with a, a conservative side. Uh, concerns about how our freedoms are being eroded and and just really taken away right now. I know you have to deal with that. Yeah, and I, unfortunately, I can tell you there's not a lot of good news here to to talk about. Of course, you know, and and I'm happy to hear you haven't had any issues with social media cancellations. But we talked to a number of members who have who had been oh, yeah. canceled off of YouTube, canceled off of social media platforms, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, uh, even some folks that have been pulled off of TikTok, you know, uh, for just talking about biblical issues, uh, you know, marriage between a man and a woman, biblical sexuality, uh, the right to life movement, just a number of biblical issues. But a, an even bigger threat that we've started to see that's going on, and this is why I think the Christian Chamber of Commerce group is so important, is the number of cancel culture that's going out in what we would call services today and just straight financial service. Just matter of fact, this morning I was dealing with a, a member whose bank has canceled them and told them they have to move their account somewhere else. So we've seen folks' bank accounts canceled, credit card processing canceled, te um, telecoms uh, issues that people have had working with call centers and, and other folks and other services. Um, Amazon's web services has been a big issue for for folks that are um, doing television and video in particular, the kinds of things that are getting stored on there. So it's a it's a culture today that is not friendly to the gospel, and we have a lot of work to do. You know, interesting thing about it, Mike, a lot of it is, is misinformation and miscommunication. Mm -hmm. People who don't really understand all that goes on in the Christian community, sometimes they just look at some of the fringe groups or fringe factors that are out there, and then they, you know, broadbush stereotype that to everybody and so we have really started a campaign to uh, especially in the corporate world we're kicking off to really explain who we are as Christian communicators uh, radio folks radio programs television television programs podcasters bloggers filmmakers publishers you know um, and not only who we are and what we do but all of the work that gets done outside of what they think sort of is the political side of what happens with the the Christian communicators. There's so much work that gets done um, outside of that, but even Christian communicators that work in the public sector and work in what we call the marketplace of ideas, just working in culture, we have a First Amendment here that says you have a right to free speech and you have a right to free exercise uh, of your beliefs. And we think that you, any corporation out there, and certainly the government, uh, shouldn't be infringing on those rights. I agree with that. And, you know, back in the 70s when I first went into uh, Christian radio, I was in uh, secular radio in the beginning, and back then we would have, I believe no one would have believed or foreseen the fact or possibility that we could be looking at this kind of closure, this kind of cancellation where uh, groups, and of course we didn't have uh, social media back then, but the idea of people being stopped from their thoughts or their expressions or their free speech, uh, the way it's being done today would have been unthinkable back then. And then you have this issue of antitrust. Uh, you know, where broadcasters were 
were not allowed to collude one with another and, and, and this, you know, could not kind of get into that kind of competition. Uh, we're seeing even big, big names uh, kind of go the way of losing freedoms. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Not just the little broadcaster. Uh, as you said, there's a lot of uh, big names out there. And on both sides of, of, of the aisle here, the interesting thing that's going on is if you if you disagree with any of this sort of progressive liberal movement today, even if you're not progressive enough, some of the folks on the left have found out, uh, you can be canceled as well uh, in the culture. But as you said, I think some of the very troubling things that have gone on lately that we've had exposed is the fact that the government has colluded with social media to to um, stop or to cancel or to prohibit certain kinds of messages and topics going out there. And we, we've seen that more and more. You know, recently we had a great Supreme Court case in the Dobbs case that reversed Roe v. Wade. But immediately after that, a number of Democratic congressmen and senators sent a letter to Google asking Google to change their search algorithms that had to do with pregnancy care centers yeah. so that pregnancy care centers wouldn't come up in the search algorithm. Thank goodness we had a, a large number of uh, attorney generals from states that wrote Google and said, hey, if you do this, we're going to step in and we're going to prosecute. And, um, and so we think Google's done it a bit, but we think they've also backed off um, and, and so it's things like that that we're working on, things like that that we're up against. You know, this is where you guys serve us so well because you're, you've got, again, your ear to the, the track, so to speak, and you you're feel those vibrations of things that I think the average American would not even be aware of or even believe that it could be happening, but it's happening all the time. And I, so we appreciate everything you're doing on that. Well, thank you. Thank you. It, it's, a, it's a lot of work, but we do it, again, on behalf of our members, Christian radio, uh, television, podcasters, all of those folks that are in Christian communication, even churches uh, today, because the one thing the pandemic did, it forced everybody to be a, a digital communicator right. with a lot of the churches <laughs> going online. But, you, you know, the average person isn't feeling it, but the, there was an event that happened this week that maybe some of your listeners out there, and, and that's the thing, when we go to the Hill, we say, we're, look, we represent Christian communicators who reach 141 million people every week. And they reach people who want to hear the gospel, who want to hear Christian teaching, who want to hear Christian music play. They want to hear things that are going on in the culture from a biblical perspective. And mm -hmm. this is a huge amount of folks out there. But this week, this last week, that something that might have hit individuals, if you saw PayPal actually had a memo that was that what they say was accidentally leaked be, before and it wasn't ever supposed to go out. But this memo came out that basically said, for PayPal users, if you were thought to by PayPal to be disseminating misinformation, they were going to fine your PayPal account. What? Yes, they, they were going oh to goodness. find, and I believe it was up to something like $2,500. Now, they have since retracted that and backed away from that, but the memo's out there nonetheless. They were certainly discussing it within the halls of their company and within the levels of leadership. So it was out there. They had a massive number of cancellations of PayPal accounts. So that's great for people to do. Be active. Don't just set back because that's how these things sort of happen is we just kind of set back on our heels and think it's never going to happen to us. It's not coming for us. 
but it really is. The, the, I said this at a place I spoke at a few weeks ago. Um, I said, you know, really all the places that I work and the people that I deal with on both sides of, of, of the fence here, when I really talk about people today who are against the, the gospel, people who are really progressive and moving these liberal kind of um, uh, ideologies forward, the gospel is the biggest thing that stands in their way, mm-hmm. and they know it. And they know it now that if they can, if they can get the gospel out of the culture, and particularly the evangelical gospel, the Judeo-Christian values out of the culture, then they can run rampant on what it is they want to do. I agree. You know, we heard Chuck Schumer say before mm-hmm. the special election that uh, actually t- uh, tilted the needle toward the Democrats in the Georgia election, that if they won those two, they were going to change the world. That mm. was his word. And in, that's their effort. And it's very clear that they're not just changing a few things in America, but this emphasis on the global, this emphasis on uh, the left kind of taking over the whole world. It feel, that's, their, that's the goal for the progressive left. And so it's going to be, I believe, people who are broadcasters, people who are leaders in churches, people who are uh, heads of these big businesses that are going to have to stand up. It's going to take a lot of courage to stand up against this flow because it's, it's mounting. It, it is mounting, and it is going to take a lot of courage. And we really do encourage people to, to stand up. Don't back down. Don't don't put your beliefs and your very firmly held faith in second place. Leave it right out there. That's what Christ calls us to do. You know, it's interesting. When the Apostle Paul found himself in trouble in Jerusalem with the Jewish leaders, what did he do? He appealed to his civil rights he said, I appeal to Caesar. That's right. You know, he stood stood his ground on his civil rights, and he understood that those rights had a purpose for his gospel message, and it was going to take him all the way to Rome to speak the gospel. And we have to appeal on those same rights today. Our founding fathers founded this country on Judeo-Christian values, and in such they recognize that our rights are endowed by our Creator. And they gave us the First Amendment, they gave us the freedom of speech, and they gave us the freedom of exercise and the freedom of assembly. And we shouldn't back away from those freedoms. If we don't do it for ourselves, we should absolutely do it for our children and our grandchildren and future generations. We're just about a month away from the midterm election. And a lot of people are hoping and praying that there's going to be a change. From your standpoint, from where you sit, Troy, do you believe that there's a a possibility that we could see massive uh, changes happen in the midterm? Yeah, NRB is a nonpartisan uh, group. We work with, we work on issues and we work on, on, on subjects that we think are important. But, but I certainly think from what I've seen, there's a, there's a general discontent right now in the populace with the direction that the country is going in. And if that discontent comes forward in the midterms elections, I think you could see a dramatic shift. Um, and it's good because that's the kind of democracy we live in. That's the democracy that the people come forward and say, hey, this is the direction we want to go in. The direction we're going in is wrong. Let's change. You know, I agree. It's not a Republican or Democrat issue. It's a right versus wrong issue. And those of us that love the gospel, those of us that know that the only thing that can change, truly change the heart, it is the gospel. It's not a, 
it's not a message of politics. Right. It's a- absolutely the Gospels. You know, and there's been a lot of talk out there about, you know, Christians and Christian nationalism and, and you know, some of the what I would call more progressive left in the Christian uh, community that have really, you, you know, um, uh, chastised, let me say it that way, Christians for being involved in politics. But again, the Bible calls us to be salt and light in the world. You can't be salt and light in the world and then watch the girl, world just heading straight to destruction and disaster. You wouldn't let anybody step in front of a bus if you knew you could step in front and stop them. And that's really what Christians need to continue to do. We need to be that voice in the culture. Uh, Christianity, I, I had the pleasure of working for the late Dr. D. James Kennedy, and he wrote a book one time about, you, you know, what if Jesus had never been born? What if the Bible, two books actually, what if the Bible had never been written? And it was, they were all about the impact that Christianity has had in the culture uh, over the last 2,000 years. Every time Christianity moved into a culture, it impacted the culture for the good whether it impacted women or indigenous people or whoever, it always impact the culture for good. And Christianity continues to do that today. So don't shy away from hiding your faith. Your faith needs to be out there more than ever today. You know, right behind us and in the next row is a, a, a man by the name of David Taylor, who has a wonderful, marvelous ministry in Columbia. And uh, he's he's here talking about that or organization. He said something on my show that I've not forgotten. He said, with Christians, there's always a next step. We're, you know, what? regardless of what we've done, we're called to continue to walk forward. And that's, that's what we must do in this time. Even in a culture like this, we've got to courageously walk forward. Oh, a- absolutely. And And remember, we courageously walk forward because Christ has already walked in the That's steps right. for us. And <laughs> and we have the power of Christ within us. The Bible tells us that the gates of hell itself can't stand against the force of the gospel. And such a, such a good work we have. And again, I go back to... Now, it, it, this isn't, I'm not telling everybody who's out there that's a Christian to get involved in politics. What I'm saying is live your faith out. If God has called you to evangelize, evangelize. If he's called you to be in a helps ministry, be in a helps ministry. If your job is to feed the poor, my wife works at a crisis pregnancy center, volunteers twice, twice a week. If that's what God's called you to do, then, then as the Bible says, do it with all the gusto and the glory to God. I love it. Troy Miller, president of the NRB, the National Religious Broadcasters. What an honor to be booth mates with you, Troy. And thank you for being with me. Hey, it's an honor to be here with you and to be on this program. Thank you. All right, we'll be back in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top train comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Back again here on Afternoons with Mike, and we are at the Christian Chamber, the uh, big business expo that is going on, and it's going on through tomorrow. That's uh, f- that's Friday, and you know this uh, this particular event is full of people that uh, I expected to see, but uh, there are a few that I didn't. We've just talked to one of them, and that was Troy Miller from the NRB and also from the NRB, also a booth make with me, is uh, 
Carlton Caps, and it's great to have you with me. You're involved with the NRB from the standpoint of events uh, and handling these kinds of uh, activities, right? Yes. So I've been with NRB. This will be my fourth uh, convention. Uh, we're actually here in Orlando next May, uh, 22nd through 25th. And uh, just looking for a great convention. Uh, we had our convention this past March in Nashville with about 3,500 uh, in attendance and over 170 exhibitors. So it was a fantastic week. Uh, lots of good networking, just uh, people getting together, gathering, and uh, just conducting uh, business. And it's an incredible time just to network and and. Uh, interact with other believers, uh, learn. We have a lot of programming uh, as well throughout the week. Uh, but really, in general, uh, we, we're all about networking. So, Tell us a little bit about what's behind the scenes. I can't imagine the amount of logistics, details that you have to deal with to pull one of these things out. Like you said, that was in Nashville the year before we were there with you in Dallas when you were there. Uh, there's a lot to pull together, everything from the guests that are going to be doing the main speaking to this, like you said, a big one of the biggest expo floors that I've ever seen before at a, Christ, at a Christian event is happening at the NRB. It's big. Yeah, so there, there is definitely a lot of uh, logistics involved, a lot of communication. Uh, you know, my philosophy is I like to or tend to over-communicate just to make sure, you know, because we have our inboxes full of mail and sometimes we miss those details. So I'm very detail-oriented and it's a lot of details, uh, but it's a fantastic opportunity uh, to get together for a week uh, there's so many people there that you don't normally run across, you know, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's from different states or we're also international. So we usually have, uh, I, I know back in March, we had at least five countries represented, even with everything with COVID uh, still in place in a lot of areas. Um, so we have even inter international uh, attendees. And so it's an incredible week uh, just to gather. But yeah, those, those logistics are uh, pretty gruesome, but they are also very fun. I'm a detail-oriented guy, like yeah. I said. So I like getting involved in those kind of details. Now, were you a broadcaster prior to doing this role? Uh, no, actually, I worked for Lifeway Christian Stores uh, for about 18 years. Oh, yeah. Uh, ran stores for them, uh, did events all over the country for them, opened bookstores, uh, and did a lot of key events. And so uh, I transitioned from that role uh, to NRB. And again, I'm all about relationships. I love getting to know people, getting to know their stories, uh, and also helping them connect with other people uh, that they could uh, just learn and grow from. What makes a, a city a great city for the NRB? I know you're coming to Orlando uh, this year, and we're really excited about that, or, or this next one. Uh, but what do you look at as really a great city to have uh, your, your event in? Yeah, so really we, we try to do uh, very strategic as far as di different parts of the country, uh, you know, that are centrally located. We also try to do the East Coast. So we'll alternate year to year. Uh, Nashville is our home base, though. So every other year we're always back in Nashville at the Gaylord Opryland Resort uh, there in Nashville. But uh, really, we just try to serve our, our members the best way possible uh, between being on the East Coast and then uh, Texas is another great location mm -hmm. as well. So we, we typically will uh, just alternate between those locations every year. Well, I love being at uh, the Nashville at the Opry. That is uh, so much fun at the Opryland Hotel there because of the fact the live music that you've got there. It's so much fun to go out and in between sessions to be able to sit and get a cup of coffee and listen to music. 
<laughs> yeah, we are Music City, and uh, I've been in Nashville since 2005. So back then, it was kind of an up-and-coming city, and then you know, five, seven years later, it was just blown uh, away with the amount of people moving in. Uh, I think uh, at one point there was around 100 people a day moving into Davidson County there. So. Uh, incredible growth over the past decade uh, or so, but uh, just a fun, fun city. That sounds great. It's really uh, great to have you guys here. What are your hopes for this particular event? What would you like to see happen? Yeah, so we are brand new to this. Uh, we uh, basically, we stumbled upon this, had a few Zoom calls with uh, their, their team, and uh, we just were really excited about it, just to network again, just like what we do. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we see it as an opportunity to network with other organizations that maybe they've never heard of NRB, maybe we, NRB has never heard of them. Uh, and so it's, it's a great week, again, just to network and meet people um, that maybe we haven't run across before. Troy and I talked about some of the pushback and some of the uh, cancellations that a lot of media people are feeling and, and experiencing. When you are uh, representing the NRB and you're getting ready to go into one of these other cities, I know you've got kind of a home base there and things are great in Nashville, but uh, when you come to a different city and you're holding that... Are, are you guys, are you feeling this, that kind of level of pushback yourself? The past few years, we, we haven't. Now, we do have a pretty uh, in-depth security team, both for our speakers, for our staff, for our attendees, in addition to uh, typical hotel security. Uh, there have been times where we have had guests, uh, speakers, you know, even presidential, uh, that we've really felt some kickback on. Uh, but the past few years, it, it's been pretty uh, quiet. Uh, even uh, last, uh, in 21 rather, in Dallas, you know, we were anticipating some pushback uh, from one particular group and never heard from them. So that was really the only, only whisper, That's so to great. speak. So yeah. it's been very, very quiet these past few years. Well, as I mentioned to Troy, and I'll mention it to you as well, those of us that are in this business really appreciate what you do, how you get out there. Again, I am just so thrilled to see you guys here at this event. It's a growing thing. And as we can all see, that those of us that are here, it's the real deal from the standpoint of being uh, a group that is going to position itself to grow in the future. So it's really exciting that you guys are here from the get-go. Yeah, most definitely. And I think one thing I really liked about this event is it's not an entire week. It's not your whole week, you know. It's a small, uh, mm -hmm. quick event, which, you know, with us with busy schedules, it's easier to get to those types of events so we can squeeze things in uh, and, and make sure we attend events such as this, which are, I'm really excited about. Carlton Caps with the NRB, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. At our table right now is Daphne Keys, and she is one of the founders of Frontier Partners International. If that sounds familiar, it's because they have a spot on inside the Crossman Conversation. And we're so grateful to have this. A, a beautiful ministry is uh, Frontiers. I mean, you guys are doing a great work. Thank you for what you do. Daphne, welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. You know, this is uh, the first time uh, th this event, it's the second one of these chamber expos, but the first one that is as big as what this one is. It is. And uh, you, we're, we're kind of like booth mates. You're kind <laughs> of across the aisle from us. And uh, you know, what are your hopes for this time together? 
Our organization is fairly young. Uh, we've all been doing the work for over 25 years, but we're only about three years in as a 501c3 as Frontier Partners International. So getting the word out, letting people know what we do, and raising up awareness, donors, trip people, volunteers, all those kinds of things. Now give us the, uh, the 411, if you will, on what Frontiers actually does. Frontier Partners International works primarily in the Middle East. So we work with um, teams on the ground, they're nationals, and we partner with ministries already doing great work. They serve the refugee communities, and we also have uh, a team that sends discipleship materials into Iraq. Um, that's a whole other story wow. about why we do that. And we work, we have one project in Nepal, which he goes into the communities that are very small. So he serves a village, for instance, that has only three generations of one family. Mm -hmm. So the ROI may not be really big for a large organization, but we're small and nimble, so we can help him to get where he needs to go. Now, you mentioned something when we were just chatting before we began this interview that I agree with. You don't go in, you don't try to just take Americans and to go into these areas, into the Middle East, and do ministry work like just yourselves. You go in and partner with locals there, right? Right. We have, because we've been doing this for a long time with other organizations, we have friends on the ground. And we knew we could trust them and what they're doing. They're firm believers. Uh, many of them are pastors. So in Jordan, we, we partner with Refuge Cities Network. And he is Pastor Jamal Hashway, Rami Hanna, and Rayad Sermiani are the leaders of that organization. And they have seven centers serving refugees throughout the cities. We partner with Warm Heart in Lebanon, and honestly, I shouldn't say this on the radio, but he, they are my favorite. Um, because <laughs> it's okay, you can say that. <laughs> they have grit. They, uh, during COVID, they went out and got trained to be EMTs because there was an EMT shortage, and they just couldn't get to the refugee camps, they couldn't get to the people in poverty. So they trained, the government gave them a truck, and they are now still EMTs even after the pandemic. Wow. They, um, we helped them raise money to get a mobile school, and a lot of those kids, I know people have forgotten about it, but a lot of those kids have never been to school. They're still living in tents, and it's been almost 10 years. And I think, and my thing now is 10 years is too long. It's too long. I cannot imagine living in a tent for 10 years and then having your children be there as well. And, mm -hmm. and it's very difficult. So he, uh, the mobile school, they take it to the different camps, and the kids at least get some basic education. They're bringing, you know, they're still doing preliminary or preschool almost education but at least they're getting something and they're and they're feeding them as well and then in Iraq or Iran yeah Iraq sorry that's where they're taking discipleship discipleship materials into Iran the reason they take discipleship materials instead of Bibles is because a Muslim man will take a book that is based on Christian principles easily. Mm -hmm. Won't take a Bible, though. Won't take a Bible. No. And there are real dangers, too, for a lot of these areas. Absolutely. If, if you're caught with the Bible over there, it's kind of uh, uh, bad news for you. It is. We also have a partner in Afghanistan, and he is being hunted by Taliban even today. Um, mm. But he... We sent him money recently, and he was able to build three wells in a village that was experiencing severe drought. They were running out of food. Um, he just continues to stay on the move, and he's doing, he's just, you know, we don't understand that kind of pressure as a believer right. here. It's hard. And it's hard. And, but he is, even in the midst of what's going on in his life, <clears throat> serving. 
and, yeah. and loving people so that they come to know the, the Lord. Guys like that, people like that, men and women who are in that line in those countries, they're just made of a different metal than a lot of people realize. It takes courage to walk that out. I think they really get it, right? We forget. We get comfortable yeah. here. And it's not that it's bad to be here, but we, we don't have that kind of pressure. So we just forget. Well, thank you for what you're doing. Uh, people can actually be a part of Frontier Partners Absolutely. by going to your website. Why don't you give that website? It is frontier-partners.org. So uh, come to the website, read a little bit more about us. If you want to email, it's info at frontier-partners.org. And we'll send you any information you want. We are a 501c3. We have a real board and we are ready to partner. Daphne, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for including oh, it's us. It's really great to Appreciate have you. you. We'll be back in a moment. It's gotten loud in here, but it's uh, it's really great. It's a lot of fun. Jacqueline Lynn is with us. Welcome back. Thank you. It is so good. To, uh, I just love being a part of what's going on at the Shepherd Radio. You do. You guys are doing such awesome stuff. Well, thank you. It's really great to be out and about. I know you're doing a lot of things with our good friend, John Crossman, who obviously is just uh, such a blessing in in so many different ways, Mm -hmm. really. Uh, But uh, as a writer, you're here, uh, kind of, uh, you're part of the Christian Chamber, obviously. I am, and I am part of the Christian Chamber as an author, uh, because, you know, I write books that chamber members uh, have bought, and then um, I also help people get their books published. So I, you know, that's another thing that I do with chamber members. Yeah, that's right. And that's a big thing for these uh, members of the chamber that need that help. They want the help. They mm-hmm. they really get the benefit of being an author. And there's something about, uh, you, we've talked about this when you were on my program. Yeah. Uh, it, there's like a, you become a little bit more legitimate in the eyes of some people oh. if you've written your story in a book. Yeah, if you've, ri- if you've written and published a book, that gives you so much credibility in so many ways. Whether whether you're doing it as a business tool and, and having a, a book is an awesome business marketing tool. And um, then, and, and sometimes even just personally, and I, and I tell people this, you know, if the only people in the world who are gonna buy your book are, are your family members yeah. write that story down so that it doesn't get lost leaving a legacy for the kids that's very important it is very important because you know right now the kids are looking at at us and they're like rolling their eyes and you know what do we know but when we're gone that message will will be there so you want it you want to make sure that it doesn't get lost i agree completely jacqueline is a great writer publisher and uh, is real uh, a real lover of, of books. I know yes. you've got a bunch of them. How many books have you written? I think about 45. Wow. I, I kind of lose, because I ghostwrite, so a lot of the books that I have written don't have my name on the cover. Um, and, and yeah, I write books under my own name, and so... Yeah, I, and some of them are short. You know, they're e-books, that's, and that's another... Um, Thing that people can do is write short books. Books don't have to be 40, 50, 60,000 words long. They can be 15 or 20,000 words, which is the length of, you know, four or five magazine articles. Yeah. Now, I know you wrote such a shorter book, mm-hmm. and uh, it was on anger, right? Yes. 
Yeah, it was the seven day anger free challenge. It, it, that book started as a meme and then I thought, oh, well, I can't explain it in the, in the space of an image. So I wrote, started writing a blog post and then the blog post kind of stretched out to a <laughs> short book. But it was the idea of go seven days without getting angry. And when you feel that anger coming on, stop and basically say, I'm not going to let this happen and see how your life will change. I did it myself and it was amazing. Oh. Give us the way people can contact you. My website is createteachinspire.com. And of course, there's, you know, buttons on every page uh, to contact me, but it's createteachinspire.com. And if you go to createteachinspire.com slash SS for Shareable Saturday, you'll get on my email list for a weekly inspirational message that'll come out that comes out every Saturday morning at seven o'clock. All right, just like that. Jacqueline Lynn, thank you so much for being with me. Thank you, Mike. More from the Chamber Expo coming up. This is Afternoons with Mike. Turning 65 or already on Medicare? Have you tried to compare Medicare supplement plans? Are you sick and tired of the awful TV commercials where washed-up football players confuse you even more? Speak with a licensed independent insurance agent today. Call 407-965-4166 now. Or visit Affordable One Insurance in Winter Park, Florida and discuss what is important for you. Be sure to ask us about dedicated senior medical centers. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. What a joy it is to be able to talk to Robin Puritz. Robin is with the the church here that's hosting this, which is First Orlando, First Baptist Orlando. And this is also the spot where the chamber meets for all of its monthly meetings and the big events that we have here, and not just our meetings, but also the uh, special events like the town hall was held here. And you're involved, Robin, in the food service side of things. Absolutely. I'm the food service director here at the church. So tell me a little bit about what it's like. This is a large campus church, Mm -hmm. and uh, a lot is going on here. It, It probably, to a lot of our listeners that are attending Uh, Fairly good-sized churches. They would have no idea, though, of the kind of uh, what a calendar would be like on a weekly basis for what you guys have here. This is like a major convention center all week long, every week, right? Absolutely. We... You know, we have small events here for our ministry, so certainly, you know, on a Sunday morning, I might be serving breakfast to the choir, Um, I might be serving uh, lunch to the pastor during the week, you know, a variety of things throughout the week, and then we are doing events like this, you know, the the Christian Chamber Expo, Um, you know, we do a church planning event over in uh, March, and just a variety of things, week in and week out. Um, Lots of people see us as that convention center kind of advertisement, so to speak, Um, though we don't actually advertise. And we just, we want to do whatever we do with grace. And so everything is word of mouth. It's, you know, someone has told a friend, hey, this is a great place to have an event. You should go check it out. And that's how we end up. And we're, we are so busy right now that 
hard to keep the eyes straight sometimes. Well, yeah, it is. You guys <laughs> hosted recently the uh, the big Better Man event was here, and mm-hmm. like you said, the chamber events that are here, mm-hmm. and a church like this is constantly doing something that is drawing a lot of people in. Mm-hmm. What is the the economy right now? What is the c- current uh, uh, kind of inflationary effect that's happening? That's got to be affecting your business big time. Absolutely. You know, as we entered into COVID, it was completely deadlined, flatlined. Um, Every event canceled for months and months and months. And then when people started to dip their toes back in the water and wanting to come out, very slow start to the point where we're actually busier now than we were pre-COVID. There are that that many more events. You know, the challenge is supply chain issue is a real thing. Um, We were definitely struggling there in the middle of COVID just to get basic things in. We've certainly had to go away from some of our favorite brands and bringing in food and paper goods Mm -hmm. to just, gosh, what's available right now? And that is an ongoing challenge week in, week out. Every time we get an order, there's usually something either shorted or subbed out saying, gosh, we don't have this, but we're going to give you this and see if it works. So basically what you do here would be on par with a lot of hotels and the kind of service, the kind of uh, uh, features that they would offer for food. Mm-hmm. That's what you do here at this Absolutely. event. Absolutely. And you've got this big crew now. Are these all paid people or do you employ volunteers? We have some volunteers for certain things. Um, a lot of, when you come to one of our events, the people you see actually in the room serving are paid. Um, they are people who have chosen to work for us as a church. They are on-call contract laborers, mm-hmm. um, but they work for area hotels, they work for the convention center. So these are very experienced banquet servers yeah. who have chosen to come and work for us. They get paid a flat rate, so we don't do gratuity and taxes here at the church. So that's a way that some people will save over a hotel. Um, funny, I just had a conversation with a lady today who does a big event here. And, you know, unfortunately, we won't be able to host it this year because we're doing some construction. And so she was just kind of asking my guidance. And I said, you know, she goes, gosh, we're going to these big hotels. She goes, but... I've never enjoyed the food at those hotels. It's not as good as yours. I said, well, no one cooks like a good Baptist church. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. But yes, I was kind of walking her through what some of my more favorite hotels that I've dined in to give her an idea. And, you know, but it's true. We as a Baptist church are going to, I always say I'm an enabler of the food. I want to enable you to eat. I want to encourage that. And... You know, at the hotels, they don't give you as big a portions, and you're paying a lot more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not that I'm necessarily saying, gosh, you need to come here, because, again, we do look at who's coming into the church. We can't just host every person that wants to have an event here, besides the fact we just don't have the room. But we want to be able to be there and, again, honor God with what we're doing and the events that he's bringing to us. I'm so excited to hear that things are back even mm-hmm. better than they were pre-COVID. Absolutely. Because so many places, especially, it impacted a lot of restaurants. They went down under during that time. Absolutely. A lot of places went out of business. I still have a lot of friends in the secular world, and just the way they were trying to stir up business and have the home deliveries and the pickup orders just to be able to keep some people on staff was absolutely amazing what some of the restaurants did, and that's the only way they survived. And unfortunately, now that a lot of them are back, they're back with that same business they had before, but now they don't have the staff. And that's that's another thing thing that this whole staffing issue it's so perplexing mm-hmm. to so many people because you would think that people would be so excited to get to work but uh, I think a lot of the things that the government has done has been negative for that um, it's almost encouraged mm-hmm. a, uh, a kind of a position like oh, I'll just take uh, I'll just take welfare yeah. yeah and you know gosh I don't even know how that even works like how someone can sit at home and just collect money because 
not that I've looked into it, but I am a single mom, and I've kind of said, gosh, you know, what supports are out there? And, you know, I just don't know how they do it. And I think a lot of people also chose to say, gosh, in the restaurant industry, especially in the secular world, it can be very difficult. You've got, you know, difficult guests who think now they're entitled. I'm paying you good money. I deserve what mm -hmm. I deserve. And that's hard when you're a server to have that table after table after table and going, gosh, I'm not sure that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And a lot of people have just jumped ship and said, I'm not going to. Well, I tell you what, anybody who comes to First Baptist, they would be used to seeing things done in an excellent way. Your department is one of those excellent ways. And it, it's always delicious, but it's not just delicious. You present it in mm -hmm. such a wonderful way, both from the people who serve it, mm -hmm. but uh, even just the way you present the food on the tables. It's first class. Well, thank you. I certainly appreciate that. I've always told my chefs, be creative. Don't do the same thing every time. Let's you know, always look at it as whoever may be at that event may want to have an event of their own in the future, mm -hmm. and this is giving them ideas. And so we always want to be excellent with what we do. Robin Puritz, thank you for being here. It's great to have you with us. Thank you so much. Here at the Expo with my good friend Doug Prusak from Christian Help and Man, finding out this morning that there is a big change happening in your life. Tell me all about it, Doug. I have been blessed to be a part of the Christian Help team for the last three and a half years. Uh, it's really been an honor to serve with some amazing brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, to serve the community, to get people back to work, to get people jobs, keep families fed. And God has opened a new door for me that quite honestly, I am honored to be, honored to, to walk through. And that door is? That door is Wycliffe Bible Translators. Oh, a name that we all have heard of and know a little bit about. But what will your role be? Um, I'll be the Senior Director of Communications. Uh, really, really excited about it. It's a great opportunity. Um, I have a journalism background, so it's really going to utilize my skill set in that area. And, you know, honestly, the biggest thrill about it all is, you know, it, it's, a, it's a step forward in my career, but... I still get to serve God, and that was really important to me to, when I was taking that next step, that it would be something that would, would enable me to do that. Oh, that's exciting, man. A great and well-respected organization is uh, Wycliffe. I mean, it's, uh, they're doing this important work, like you said, translating the Bible in areas around the world where uh, the word is not necessarily at all available like it is for those of us in America. I think we've talked about this before. We in America tend to think that the whole world is like us, and it's not. Absolutely. You know, it's, I think we take, I don't, I don't want to say we take it for granted, but, you know, we have the word readily available. We have multiple different translations of the word. And, you know, you think of all the different versions of the Bible that we can, we can easily access. And there's 1.5 billion people in the world who don't have the ability to read the Bible in their language. Mm -hmm. And I, I had heard that stat, you know, a while ago, and I'm familiar with Wycliffe, and I'm familiar with, with the work that they do, and I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of it. But it makes you stop, you know, when you're reading your daily devotionals, you're having your time in the morning in the Word, and... There's that many people who can't do that. And to get it in their hands, to get the word in their hands, I mean, what what bigger 
what better challenge is there? So where were you office out of? Is it still going to be uh, in uh, in Orlando? Are you? Do you have to travel? I know they have offices down in the south part of town, don't they? Yes, they do. Um, that's Around where I'll be. That's Lake where Nona? I'll be. Yeah, or? it's um, Lake Nona, North Shore area. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, which is kind of ironic because my home course is 1.5 miles down the street. Uh, but, yeah, it's down in that area. It's right off 417, um, down by Moss Park Road. I, guess I know exactly the, yeah. where that is, yeah. And, you know, that is such a beautiful area, too, down there, down near the airport. Mm-hmm. So a lot of other ministries are headquartered down there as well. Right. I know Crew is in that area, and, you know, it's, it's, an, it's a great area to be, right. to be located in. It's a wonderful, wonderful community. Uh, very family oriented down that way, and it's not overly developed yet. Just, I really like that area. But it's definitely growing, though. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I know that the guy that is going to be filling your shoes at Christian Help is a guy we know as well. Absolutely. Uh, Welton James is yeah. going to be our new relationship manager. I know he's been on your show a yeah, few times. Yeah, home of Welton isms. Welton isms, <laughs> yes. Uh, Welton's a great guy. You know, I'm honored to pass the torch to him. Uh, he'll carry it well. Uh, he's going to be our relationship manager, and he'll be out in the community a lot more, um, just cultivating relationships for Christian help and continuing to carry the message. Well, it's going to be great. We'll be talking with him, too. Excited for him. I know this is a change in his life as well. And, you know, we all go through times of transitions, and those are just uh, busy and sometimes difficult because I know that your love for for your work at Christian Help is is something that's near and dear to your heart. Absolutely. I love Christian Help. I mean, my wife, Lisa, and I have been a part of the ministry off and on for about a decade now. And, yeah. you know, it's I was I was talking to Vicki Martin, our executive director, about it, and there's the Eagles song, Hotel California. The <laughs> lyric is, you can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. You can never leave. And, right? you, <laughs> and, and that's really how it feels to me. I mean, I, this is... And I told Vicky this, this is not an end. This is a transition. Yeah. I'm committed to Welton's success. I'm committed to Christian Health's success. I want them to succeed. And, and you know, Welton's, Welton's going to be a great guy to pass the torch on to. And Lisa and I will still be involved in Christian Help. We still intend to be. And, you know, it, it's always going to have a piece of our heart. I can't say enough good things about Vicky and the people at Christian Help. Well, they are a great ministry without a doubt, great people. And today, this is, uh, of course, we're recording this in the morning of the last day of the expo. The expo has been amazing so far. Got to hear Mac Powell today. I know you were in there as well. But uh, this is your last day at Christian Health. Again, God's timing. Yeah. You know, I really wanted to be a part of the expo. I really wanted to be down here. There's so many great relationships that have developed here for me personally folks like you crystal parker um and for christian help and Mm -hmm. just raising awareness of what we're doing with a wider scope of people and it's just you know last year it was it was in uh oviedo over at canterbury and we outgrew it yeah we did and here we are at first baptist and we may well outgrow this place too the way it's looking Uh, i know it's amazing I know there's no all the booths are sold out. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of folks going around with all the great speakers, and I mean, I, I the location that we're in has at least tripled in size. 
you know, so God only knows what the plan is for next year. Well, that uh, will be yet to be decided. Hey, thanks for dropping by, Doug. Absolutely. And, and really best wishes to you at Wycliffe. Thank you. I appreciate that. We will still be in touch. All right. And friends, that's all the time we have for today. We'll have more programming coming from this big expo at the Chamber. Uh, that'll be next week. You have yourself a great weekend. We'll see you next time right here on The Shepherd.